Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. Tom Longo, welcome to Freedom Forum Radio. Tom, I mean, this is a great subject to go into uh, right now because climate change is is one of the tools that they will use uh oh, yeah. along with the covid virus and mm-hmm. uh, as you said in your bio i don't believe the man-made global warming story is worth the electrons that peer-reviewed literature is disseminated on nope. those are data sets so dirty i wouldn't feed them to my dogs <laughs> and we have on freedom forum radio had numerous discussions with not only with climate with climate experts and, and engineers and and uh, and other kinds of professionals and science professionals who totally totally explain the fact that climate change is real, but man has really no part in it. Uh, no, you know what? I had a, a geologist on the show a while ago, and she said, "Well." You want to talk about climate change? There was a time when the temperature on Earth was 430,000 degrees. Right. And it's an awful lot cooler now. Mm. uh, And we weren't around to make it so. Uh, And we all know that the Vikings had settlements on Newfoundland, Newfoundland, Mm. or or that area, wherever, whatever, however you want to pronounce it. Mm. And for two to three hundred years, they had animals, they had crops, mm-hmm. they grew crops in an area that's now covered by two mile thick, uh, two mile thick glacier, mm-hmm. uh, and they were not driving SUVs. They didn't have coal fired uh, electric plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, the climate did change, and where I am sitting right now, twenty thousand years ago, was covered by a glacier. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, we, that's we, climate change. The history of this planet is is mostly it's cold with interstitial periods of warm. And, you know, uh, uh, one of my good, very good friends, we, when we were used to discuss this like ages ago, you know, 15, 20 years ago, I just remember him saying to me, it's like, Tom, I'm just not going to get upset about there being too much heat in our corner of the universe. The universe is a cold, dark and nasty place that's trying to kill you. Like, what are these people worried about? I'm like, I know what they're worried about. They're 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 worried that communism has failed and they don't believe in anything. These people are all going through the people who believe in global warming is it's their new religion because it's an extension of the Enlightenment's meaning crisis. It's it's part of what this is. They've substituted the state for God, and they and then the state has told them that and that they have original sin of breathing and farting, and 
it's really that simple. I mean, it really does break down into like simple, simple terms and that you're supposed to feel guilty for being a successful species um, who has harnessed the laws of the universe and, you know, the three laws of thermodynamics to build rudimentary things like heat pumps so that you can live in, so that we can all live in Florida with air conditioning. Cause otherwise Florida is completely inhospitable to humans because everything's trying to kill you, including the, you know, rabbiting hordes of mosquitoes trying to suck your blood out of your, out of your skin. Um, so, I mean, it, all of that, it's just preys on, uh, on the, uh, on some of the psychological deficits that we've been, we've inherited through the enlightenment uh, meaning crisis that's been going on for 300 years now. And the good news is I think we're almost done with that cycle and there's going to be a restoration of, of, uh, of I wouldn't say rationality, but we're going to have to go through this, this, this kind of terrible, um, eye of the needle or a terrible eye of the hurricane for the next, you know, 10 or 12 years or so while people go com- collectively insane and then insanity starts to reassert itself. Um, but it always happens. It's just a cycle of, of human history. Um, and climate change is being used as a, as the means to justify the great reset. Um, we're going to bring in the green new deal. We're going to reorient society away from fossil fuels and all this original sin doctrine and yada, yada, yada. But, you know, when you're talking about prepping, the only great thing I was I was commenting on about earlier is that is that self-sufficiency is a bit of a trap, right? Because there are only so many hours in a day and, and the agrarian society required us to have, that's why we had nine children because a farm takes nine children to run properly. Uh, a, you know, a decent sized family farm that can feed itself needs nine children to run or 10 children or whatever it is. As we've moved away from that and we've been able to automate a lot of that labor through the you know application of our minds and reason and you know the unbelievable torque of the internal combustion engine, um, allowing us you know to the, to access to torque and gearing that we mechanical advantage we never could do you know, under natural systems um, or less technological systems like. We, we substituted human labor for that. And now we only have to have one or two children and we're not set up as a society for that. So being um, a hobby farmer is either you either commit to it completely and that's going to be your life or you're just all you're acquiring skills that you, you could be a part of a, you know, uh, you know, a post-apocalyptic commune that we could actually, you know, grow enough food to survive. But don't think that you're, you know, that that's anything other than I think it's a it's it's a trap. It's anti-civilizational in a certain level. Prepping is both a blessing and a curse, and you have to be very careful what side of the 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 the, the, the fence you lie on. I'm not denigrating prepping. I've been there. I've done it. I I, I get it. Um, and if it works for you, great. It didn't necessarily work for me. Um, as I've gotten older and uh, you know, I'm 52 now and, you know, I don't have the same desire to go out and, you know, shovel goat, you know, goat droppings into, you know, every day like I used to. So it's uh, it just be careful with that is all I'm saying. Um, but we do have to think in terms of having at least some basic skills because any basic skills you do have will be a leg up if there is any kind of real climate Well, one of the important uh, things that one of my climate, one of my climate interviewers, interviewees, was talking about, mm-hmm. is that 
what we all have to be doing is that everything is being directed in the wrong direction because you cannot change. There's no way that anything we do is going to change uh, the climate on Mother Earth to any significant degree. And what we really should, the government really should be directing us to do is to help us adapt to whatever climate change there is so that we can continue to live as human beings and have the degree of luxury that that we have become accustomed to. So we can't change what's happening, but we should be able to adapt to it. No, that's what government's supposed to be doing, right? They're supposed to be helping us prep in a large, you know, for large scale projects. That's what they sell us all the time, that only government can think about the lo- the big projects, pull down off the big pro- projects that, that move civilization forward. I'm like, no, they don't. All they do is stop us from building those projects ourselves and, you know, benefiting from a, a heck of a lot faster than would happen if, you know, under the government edict. Um, you know, they keep using like the space program as a, as a great example. I'm like, I just look at this and go, the space program was a monumental waste of time. Um, so, but I mean, not that I, I don't love the romance of it and the story behind it, but you know, at the same time, I also look at it and go, it's a, it's an enormous boondoggle. It really is. Um, yeah. Some cool technology came out of it, but you know, eh, all right, whatever. And just, they, they, they use the same justification for, you know, war machines. Right. Um, well, we got all this great technology that, you know, now we have microwaves because of, of, you know, uh, missile technology, whatever. I'm like, well, thanks. Um, but we still bomb brown people for sport over in Yemen. Like, that's wrong. I'd, I could live without the microwave. I can boil water in seven minutes as opposed to three. It's not a big deal. Um, seriously, I, I don't, you know, it, 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 it's, 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 it's that sick. Um, but they don't do that, right? They're prepping us for the wrong catastrophe. The planet's not getting warmer. The planet's more likely going to get colder. We're more likely on the precipice of another ice age than we are on the precipice of anything else. We're also on the precipice of potential, you know, grid-destroying Carrington-style event that we've never experienced before. And we've never had a planet so dependent upon electricity. When the Carrington event happened in 1859, it was bare copper wires and, you know, the telegraph wires, and that was it. Everybody's house today is electrified. What is that going to look like? If there's a, a Carrington style event in the next, you know, 20 years, are we prepared for that? Is everything hardened? Could, could anything be hardened to the point where we could even, that anything could survive that? These are real questions and they're, and it's real things that are happening right now. The earth's magnetic field is falling at 1% a year annually. And the poles are shifting rapidly. Like there's real serious stuff happening and they're complaining about cows farting. It, it, it beggars belief that we call these people our leaders. Like they're morons. I, I mean, literal morons. And I, the, the, it, it astounds me that we actually think that we're intelligent. If this is the, this is the world we've created. It, it, it just boggles the mind because the science is pretty clear on this because you can measure magnetic field fluxes and you can see what the sun puts out and you can measure these things. And we have measured them and uh, whatever it's, it's, it's just, it, it boggles the mind. I know why they do it for power because they're Marxists and all they believe in is power, but it's right. just, insanely frustrating. 
Right. It's all about it's all about power and control. Of course. And a hundred percent. That's what it's about. They will say and do anything. Mm-hmm. They will. We would. They will pass off whatever scam, whatever false ideal, whatever whatever measure of trickery they can imagine in their minds. They will pass off mm-hmm. as the God's honest truth in order to be in power, in order to exert power and control over others. Yep. That, that is what this is all about. Oh, okay. All of the fight, everything that we've talked about. Oh, absolutely. Is about there are some people who just are control freaks. Yep. That's it. And, you know, Hayek very succinctly described it in chapter 10 of the, of the Road to Serfdom, the book, The Road to Serfdom, if you've not read it. You don't really need to read the whole thing if you're not a big fan of of, of a dry economic treatise on, you know, on socioeconomic treatise on, on, on how things go badly. If you just read chapter 10, why the worst get on top, you're, you will get 90% of what the road to serfdom is about and explains very mechanistically why the state, why, why psychopaths um, wind up at the top of the state apparatus. It's, it makes perfect sense. You know, people who are attracted to power seek out positions of power and they, and they excel in those positions and outcompete those, who have a conscience who eventually leave and go do productive work. And well, you, you said the, the, the operant phrase, people who have a conscience, right? People in power don't have a conscience. Mm-hmm. There is, they are, they are so sociopaths. Yes. They do not have a conscience. Otherwise they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. Exactly. Agreed. Completely. And it's why I, I, I never, um, I never, embrace the state solution to anything though you know as a political analyst i have to analyze what's happening in the world you know from the you know you use the 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 kind of anarcho libertarian filter to uh, to analyze the situation okay what's the optimal solution here or what's where's the break point where's the where's the fault in their thinking but at the same time you also have to dive into the minds of these psychopaths and figure out what they're going to do next because people really need to understand what's happening so that they can understand what's happening so they can they can go about their day and you know and you know when you occupy a space like we do and that you're trying to bring them and curate good information for them into you know bite-sized chunks so that they can go out and do their job and you know live a life um it's you know it you unfortunately have to live in their headspace and it's draining. I don't know about you, but it's draining. It, it 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 saps your vitality. You wind up thinking like them, and it's quite scary um, to maintain any semblance of of, uh, of humanity while you know trying to figure out what evil thing Angela Merkel is going to do next. Like, like I really don't want to live in the head of a power mad Stasi agent. Like, you know, it's not what I really, you know, one, you know, it's like I'd rather not do that for a living, but unfortunately I'm good at it. So, like, you know, and I, and I have a duty and a, and a responsibility to bring, I feel very strongly that I have a duty and a responsibility to bring that to people. Um, so that's why. Well, that really is a calling, uh, which is why you do what you do and well, I do what I do. I, I have a day job. Mm-hmm. Most people who listen to me know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but trying to bring enlightenment and truth in an age of increasing darkness, increasing ignorance, 
is is really probably the highest calling and the the only thing that really has a chance of con- of protecting people who care about the future uh, you have to be informed you have to know not just informed from from the the digital media which a bunch of fakers and liars mm. you have to know the truth and once you know the truth it really to me doesn't take a lot of intelligence to put two and two together and get four. Once you understand the mechanisms, you ought to be able to understand the truth for yourself. Mm. Yeah. It, it, and once you see the way they construct narrative, one of the great things about Donald Trump, you know, his, his presidency is very much a mixed bag and I'll miss Donald Trump for a variety of reasons. Um, not the least of which is because he was hilarious. And, you know, just a little bit of humor in our unbelievably dour politics is always good because um, anybody making fun of the state the way he did in, a, in, in his way was, you know, was a good thing. Right. Um, and I think right. that's maybe may have been the reason why they hated him as much as they did. That there are many other reasons, but I think that's the big one that he just like made fun of them. And, you know, the emperor can stand anything except being laughed at. Right. So, so, Tom Luongo, we have had an interesting and broad-reaching discussion. Mm-hmm. Give yourself two minutes to sum it up. Everything. What's the last message on your episodes on your your this interview, which I think is a fantastic. It's been a fantastic interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the last? What do you want to tell us? What what thoughts do you want to leave us with? It's really quite simple. No matter how bad it looks now, this too shall pass. Okay. We've been in situations like this before as a species and as a, as a society. If you were to ask somebody in Moscow in 1995, would, is, you know, could life get much worse? And they would probably say, no, do you have any, do you have any hope for the future? No. And by 1999, they would have been right. But by 2005, the turnaround had already started for so many of them because you get to the bottom of a cycle and it's the at the bottom of the cycle is when heroes, new heroes emerge. When people go through a, a trial and a crisis is when we find out what their character actually is. The first rule of screenwriting, I always say, is if char- a conflict doesn't uh, create character, it reveals it. And so we're going to find out who the real leaders are and we may find out that it may be us and that we find ourselves thrust into roles we never expected i don't think donald trump ever really expected to be president and um and and it's and that is ultimately what will guide us through this and the people who we're fighting against are singularly in 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 their own way they're singularly unimpressive and they are standing on the shoulders badly of greater tyrants before them. And um, they will fail. And I can tell you, I know why they'll fail. And they'll fail because there's too many competing agendas for them to succeed. There's too many factions. There's too many, there's too many people who want to finger, they have their fingers in the pie. And they'll all snipe each other and all turn on each other. And it'll be a big piranha tank. And for the average person, Keep your wits about you. Don't panic. Preserve your wealth as best as possible. And, you know, if you have to keep your head down, keep your head down. 
and you'll get through it. And if you're young, have children, have them now. Don't wait. Don't do what I did. Don't wait. Tom Luongo, it has been an absolute awesome honor and pleasure. Thank you so much for being, having been and being, and maybe again, hopefully, a guest on Freedom Farm Radio. Thank you, Dan. I've, it's, been a, uh, it's been a blast. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom.